So I got schooled recently. I really did. <laughs> I got schooled. And I was given one of those slap in the face lessons that, <clears throat> excuse me, you can just never forget once you've learned it. And I want to share it with you today just because it was this really deep reminder about the law of identity. And the law of identity, I'm sure you know by now, but I'll, I'll say it anyway, it states that the player you believe yourself to be is the player you will see. And there's a deeper layer to this that this, uh, this story will reveal. So to share this with you, I've got to rewind a little bit back to 2012, the early days of elite guard training, which was my first business. And in 2012, I started this daily ritual of sending a daily email newsletter to our audience. These daily email newsletter, newsletters were a lot like these talks. If you like shorten the talks and then converted them into text format, that's kind of what these were. It was like a small daily lesson that players could read in like three minutes every morning and get this boost of motivation or knowledge or wisdom to uh, help their day. So for I think about five years until close to the end of 2017, I would write this daily email newsletter first thing every morning, no matter where I was in the world. And I was traveling full-time back then or, or pretty close to full-time off and on. So uh, I, every single morning, no matter what, I'd make a cup of coffee or I'd go to a coffee shop, grab a cup of coffee, and I would write this daily newsletter. It was my favorite part of the day. I loved reading them and our players got absolutely hooked on them. I actually, I spoke with one of our older players who's now retired um, maybe a month or two ago. And he said that every morning when he was like 13, 14, 15 years old, he would wake up and like be refreshing his email browser to see if the, the newsletter had come in. So point being, it was like one of the best things that I was doing and it really grew the business as well. From a business perspective, it, it's responsible for a lot of the success that EGT had early on and EGT grew into what it was uh, at its peak because of those newsletters. Now, for whatever reason, I think it was actually a conference I went to and I spoke with somebody um, at that conference, like a big business person. <clears throat> and at this conference in early 2018, I came to the conclusion after this conversation with this person that uh, the newsletters were a waste of time, that I no longer needed to write them. Players, uh, well, people in general had like a shorter attention span and they wouldn't read these like three minute long articles every single day that um, I no longer liked writing them. I had done it for long enough. I didn't want to do it anymore, that it was just a waste of time. And we went to basically just producing videos and I would like send out videos, but that's pretty much all we did. The daily email newsletter was dead. Um, it got kind of covered in dust, forgotten. Like we, we didn't do it from uh, early 2018 until recently. <laughs> so very recently, uh, a good friend of mine, he kind of, uh, <laughs> he got under my skin a little bit and he said, you know, you've really got to go back to those newsletters for deep game. Like you've got something to say here. And the, these talks are great. The videos are great, but I think the the emails really need to come back. And I thought about it and I resisted it and I pulled out that long list of stories that I had, right, for um, reasons why I didn't want to do it. I, I can't write anymore. I haven't done it in years. I'm going to be rusty. I, I don't like writing anymore. Um, I just want to do videos now. Uh, you know, players won't read them. Attention spans are too short. Um, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I had this long list of reasons. And he said, no, no, try it. Just try it. Just try it. Bring it back. And so <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I cracked open my laptop first thing in the morning, made a cup of coffee, and I wrote a daily email newsletter. 
it was so much fun for me personally, okay? Like it, it was so enjoyable and everything that I thought was true, that I didn't like writing them anymore, that they took too long, that they were a waste of time, that I was rusty, all of that was just plain old wrong. Like it just wasn't remotely true. I loved writing it. And then at the end of the newsletter, I said, hey, like hit reply and let me know what you think. The response was out of this world. We had the biggest response to an email that I've sent in, in years actually. And it was just overwhelmingly positive from players who wanted to hear more. They wanted to see them daily. And since then, every morning, I have gone back to making that cup of coffee, sitting down on my couch before the sun comes up and writing these daily email newsletters. And it has been such a joy. Everything that I thought was true, that long list of stories that I was telling myself, and here's where the lesson comes in for you, okay? So I promise this ties back in to the deep game. But that long list of stories that I was telling myself about, once again, Attention spans are too short. Nobody's going to read them. Um, and by the way, they take like 90 seconds or sorry, I've got like a hair in my eye. They take like 90 seconds or two minutes or three minutes to read every morning. So the serious players are going to read these things. Um, and that's who I'm writing them for anyway. So no, not everybody will read them, but the serious players will. And the players who read them, the serious players, get so much out of them. And I get so much joy out of writing these that uh, I just honestly can't believe I stop doing it. Like, what have I been doing for the last few years not writing these? I remember like back in the day, I used to do this no matter what. There was this, um, this day in 2013, I was traveling through Bali in the back of this rickety old van, no Wi-Fi connection. I had like a text document open on my laptop. It's like, <laughs> it's like jiggling around on my knees as I try to balance it. And I'm just like typing furiously this daily email newsletter as we travel across Bali. So I did it no matter what. And yet I, I completely stopped for a number of years. And uh, it, it was a big mistake. It was a big mistake. But the reason that I stopped was because I told myself all of these fictitious false stories. I had all of these stories in mind for why I didn't want to do it anymore. And they've proven to not be remotely true, <laughs> right? It's fun for me. It's great for the players. It's great for the business of Deep Game. It's helped us grow. Um, there, there's so much value in getting that like little jolt as a player like getting that uh, 90 second to three minute jolt of motivation or wisdom to start your day is so, so valuable. And so I don't know what I've been doing, honestly. I don't know what I've been doing. The daily email newsletters are back. And uh, by the way, if you'd like to, to start receiving these, make sure you're signed up for the masterclass and you're opening our emails. Um, I do segment out people who aren't opening them and we don't send them to those people. So if you've signed up for the masterclass, maybe you wanna sign up one more time to make sure you're on that list and you'll start receiving these. Um, but the, the deeper lesson that I'm trying to communicate here is not about specifically the daily news, newsletters. That's just an example of um, a really deep truth about the law of identity. And again, I'm going to repeat this one more time, and I know that you know what it is already, but the law of identity states that the player you believe yourself to be is the player you will see. In other words, the stories you tell yourself about yourself will come true. Okay, your identity is nothing more than the stories you tell yourself about yourself. And so, <laughs> this is where that, that story ties in. What stories are you telling yourself about yourself that are no longer true? 
What stories are you telling yourself about yourself that are no longer true? If you can excavate those stories, you can open up hidden potentials inside of yourself, inside of your game that you don't have access to right now. And so I'm going to give you an exercise and uh, I recommend doing this. Um, you don't have to do it too, too often, actually. It's, it's really powerful if you do it, um, you know, once every two to three months actually would be enough. But sit down with a, a little journal and a pen. Set your timer for 45 minutes and write at the top of that sheet of paper, what stories am I telling myself about myself that are no longer true? All right. Just like I was telling myself all those stories, you know, I don't like writing anymore. I don't, I've lost the skill. Players won't read them. They're a waste of time, this and that and the other thing. What stories <laughs> are no longer true? So write that at the top of the sheet of paper and then one by one, uh, just list every example that you can think of. Okay, just rapid fire. And what you'll find is that for the first 15 minutes or so, um, the obvious ideas will come to mind. And then the second 15 minutes, you will kind of stall out and you might be struggling to think of, um, think of more of these kind of stories, right? And I'll give you some examples in a moment. The last 15 minutes is where the gold is, okay? So you gotta push through that inertia in the middle to get to where the gold really is. And again, you only have to do this like once every quarter, really, um, every three months. And when you do this, you will have all of these ideas of things that you have just assumed were true about yourself, right? And I'll give you some examples. So one common one might be, um, I'm just a shy person. That's just my personality. I'm just a shy person. Now consider, is that really true? And does that need to continue being true, right? You've been shy in the past because you've believed yourself to be a shy person. And yet, is there, are there any examples in the world, in the history of humanity of shy people who went on to be very charismatic? Um, Teddy Roosevelt comes to mind, one of the most charismatic leaders in American history. Teddy Roosevelt, if you don't know anything about him, he's worth a study, all right? That's a man worth a study. Teddy Roosevelt was born with a severe disability. Um, he, I can't remember exactly what the disability was, but he was basically, um, like his parents were afraid that he wasn't going to make it. He was severely, um, he had breathing problems. He had a stutter that he couldn't cure. Like he, he spoke in these, like these, this high pitched kind of squeal stutter where he couldn't speak fluently. Um, and he was very malnourished. His body wasn't growing properly. And so he was very, very, uh, um, you know, his parents were worried about him. He went on to be one of the most charismatic leaders in probably human history, actually, not just American history. He was, he would deliver these massive, like thunderous speeches <laughs> to the American public. And he was president for eight years. Um, he, he just went on to do all kinds of good stuff. I don't want to be derailed talking about Teddy Roosevelt, but he, he is one worth a study. Um, so just an example of somebody again, with like this high pitched stutter, um, breathing problems, malnourished, went on to be one of the most charismatic humans in history. And so if you are shy right now, does that need to be true any longer? Is that a story you're telling yourself that no longer needs to be true? Uh, what's another one? Um, okay. So one that comes up often is, you know, somebody might say, and this might not be you. So just an example, but, um, I'm just not good at focusing. That's just not the way my mind works. My mind doesn't like to focus. My mind doesn't like to focus and my focus is never going to be good. So I'm just going to work around it. <laughs> this is one of those dangerous ones. Okay. And, uh, I have somebody very close to me, very close to me, 
um, not going to say who it is, but again, like <laughs> very close, who as a child was brilliant. And by brilliant, I mean like genius level brilliance, intellect. He, because of some what I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to go too deep into this story, but basically he was diagnosed with a learning disability. And once people started to say to him that he had a problem, that he was held back, that he wasn't able to focus, he had ADHD and uh, a number of other disabilities as well that he was diagnosed with, that brilliance started to fade. His grades in school went down. He found himself having trouble focusing. Um, when he would, before the, the diagnosis, he would literally just like plow through books, spend hours reading, which obviously without focus you can't do. He would spend hours just going through this book, hours doing this activity or another one, just absolutely brilliant. And yet when people started telling him these new stories about himself, he was too young to understand. And so he just took them to be true. And slowly his grades went down. Slowly that brilliance started to fade. It's still there, but um, he has all of these stories in his mind about himself that don't need to be true, okay? So if you say to yourself, you know, I just can't focus. That's just not the way my mind works. Does that really have to be true? And yet we know through deep game practices, through meditation, focus is a very trainable muscle. That's like saying, um, you know, I'm just not a good shooter, never going to be a good shooter. I'm just never going to shoot the ball, right? Craziness, craziness. Anybody can learn how to shoot, right? Anybody can learn how to focus in the exact same way, all right? So I'll, uh, I'll share one more quick example <laughs> from my own life. And this is kind of a, a bit of a silly one, but in, uh, I've shared this in a previous talk, so you may remember it. In sixth grade, I was in the accelerated program for math. And in this accelerated program, there was me and two other students in our school. So it was like the um, very, very best math students in the school. And I was kind of like gifted at math. I understood it very well. And yet, <laughs> a few years later, um, so I, I was good at math, point being. A few years later, um, you know, I get really serious about basketball. I uh, start having a girlfriend, meeting girls, whatever. And my focus kind of goes like this away from math. I start skipping classes in grade nine and 10 to go to the gym, to train, to go home with my girlfriend, hang out with her, things like that. And all of a sudden in 11th grade math, I am failing. I'm failing because I skipped so many classes. And if you get behind in math, it's hard to catch up. So I, I'm failing out of math and I start telling my parents, you know, I'm just not good with numbers. I just don't really know what I'm doing. Like I, I'm not, I'm not good at math. I need help. And I start doing this like pity thing to cover up for the fact that I'm just straight up like being a delinquent, skipping class and, and misbehaving. So my parents uh, try to make me feel better and they say, hey, you know, it's okay. Not everybody's good at everything. Like you'll be okay. We'll get you a tutor and so on and so forth. Problem is, I actually started to believe that story. I actually started to believe that I wasn't good at numbers. And by the end of that, that semester, I had failed out of math and I was never good at math again because I started to believe the story that I was telling myself that very clearly wasn't true. <laughs> okay, so just a few examples. Uh, do this exercise, do this exercise. Get a journal, write at the top of the sheet of paper. What stories am I telling myself about myself that are no longer true, all right? Um, I've given you some examples. They may or may not be true for you. Come up with your own answers and really deeply consider, do these have to be true? Is there nobody in human history that has ever overcome the things that you tell yourself about yourself? 
And what you'll find if you go really deeply into this work, this is one of those things that we, we spend a lot of time on in week number five of Deep Game when we go through the law of identity, because these identity level stories are literally shaping your reality. It's as though um, we grow up in this house of walls, right? There's a roof, there's walls around us, there's a floor, and there's no windows, so we don't know there's anything outside. And we grow up in this house of walls, um, uh, mentally, psychologically speaking, this is an analogy, a way of looking at this. And we think that all that exists is what is inside those walls. This is all we are capable of, right? However, <laughs> there is a door, right? And outside that door, there is a limitless world of possibility, limitless potential that you may be capable of that you've never explored before. And until you realize that those walls are of your own creation, those walls are made of the stories that you've been telling yourself about yourself, until you realize this, it's impossible to explore what's outside. It's impossible to explore potentials that you may have inside of you. Okay, so once again, do this exercise. It's a powerful one. Do it, um, hopefully, uh, I would say quarterly is pretty good, like once every um, three months or so, revisit this and see if you can dig a little bit deeper. 45 minutes on the clock, do this. And uh, it's gonna be really profound for you if you can uh, <laughs> accept this truth, okay, that not everything you say to yourself is true. <laughs> and in fact, a whole lot of it isn't. And that goes for all of us. It clearly goes for me because I made that mistake with uh, the, the newsletters, as I said. It goes for all of us. We are so good at deluding ourselves and talking ourselves into anything that is convenient for us in the moment. And the problem is we start falling for those stories and they start to shape our reality and build, box us in with these walls of stories that we're telling ourselves. And um, once you kind of get boxed in, it's hard to break out of it. So this exercise will help you break out finally. And the last thing I wanna, I wanna leave you with is just a reminder that this, this work that we do in the deep game, these practices, these inquiries, these contemplations, these meditations, this work is for life, okay? I'm still very much learning as I'm like, as I was just schooled very recently, a couple weeks ago, I'm learning more and more every single day. I have a teacher of mine who's in his late 50s now. He's, I think he's 58. And he started at 14 years old in a very, um, in an ancient, in a powerful meditation tradition in South America. And he started at 14 years old practicing. So how many decades is that? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, three and a half decades, I think, that he's been doing this for. And he says that every single day, every single day, he's still learning. Every single day, he learns something brand new that he never knew before. And the more advanced that he gets and the more that he learns, the more he realizes he still doesn't know. This goes on for infinity. And that is one of the most beautiful things about these practices. There's only so much you can learn about the crossover or your jump shot or the, the physical aspects of the surface game. This, this deep game thing, man, it goes on for infinity. And that is the most beautiful thing about it. You never run out of things to learn. So keep that in mind. And the players who really do well at this, who really transform deeply, are those that take this on as a lifelong practice. And it, it's the most beautiful path to walk as, uh, as human beings, at least as far as I'm concerned. So I hope this helped you out. Do that exercise, and I will see you in the next one.
Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is go to deepgame.com or click the link in the description and it'll take you to our free Deep Game Masterclass where you'll actually learn the entire Deep Game of basketball with all eight laws and all of the fundamentals that you need to know as a high-level basketball player. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives and it's completely free. So go to deepgame.com right now or just click the link in the description and I I can't wait to see you there.